Hi, everybody. Good to see you. I hope you're doing okay. Um, Paul uh, there was talking to us about Paul Howell, both Paul Howell and the Apostle Paul was talking to us about heaven. Um, Paul's writing to this church at Corinth um, to talk to them about heaven, uh, what it means, um, what it means to live knowing that heaven's coming, what it means to know uh, that heaven's out there. Now, uh, two things on this. I think a lot of the time people people looking in, people observing the church, observing Christians, look in and think that it's something that Christians perhaps make up um, because because they can't cope uh, with the reality of life. It's like it's like a crutch uh, for weak people. And also, people in the church, people waiting uh, for heaven. I think sometimes we go a little bit. We look we look at this this great comfort that heaven is this this eternal future and. It becomes like it's a it's a it's like a comfort blanket for us, but it's one that can send us into a bit of a deep sleep. Do you know what I mean? H- having having this great thing that is heaven um, out there before us, we just kind of rest in it, like it's like it's an eternal comfort blanket that just means that we can just chill out the whole time. And what the perception is and often the reality is that this can this can kind of numb our earthly existence having having this idea of heaven chilling out in it it causing us to almost switch off and go numb to the realities of the world paul says to us in this letter he says two things to us he says first of all this is not something that we've made up this is not something that we've invented to get us by. Rather, it's a reality that that shapes our lives now. This is something that is eternally out there and impacts us. So we don't just make it up as a crutch. This great, beautiful certainty that is heaven actually impacts us where we are now. And the second thing he says is in this text, it doesn't numb us. It shouldn't numb us. Rather, the prospect of heaven, rather than sending us into this state of sort of numb relaxedness, it should really focus our minds. It should give us a sharper, more meaningful existence and life. So, First thing I want to say about heaven, verse verse 1, if you'll read it through with me. Heaven is the reason uh, that we ache. Heaven is the reason that we feel the sharpness of life. Heaven is the reason that life is so amazing, that our hopes are taken so high. And heaven is also the reason that we that it hurts so much. So verse 1. 2 Corinthians 5, read with me. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built 
by human hands. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Paul describes here earthly bodies like tents. That's, that's his descriptive word for our heavenly for our human bodies he doesn't say here think about it like a tent like pitch it anywhere like like a tent means you can just travel around and it's quite a cool thing he says think of your human body like a tent as in as in when you're in a tent you can feel the storm on you like it's on you as in think of it like you are reminded of your vulnerability. Think of it like sometimes when you're out camping, it feels like it feels like what could happen is is one storm could come along and it could completely blow you away. Maybe you've been camping and you can sort of have some empathy with that. He describes our earthly bodies like that, but he describes our heavenly bodies as being like God built buildings. So he says, think, um, think, excuse me a second, getting a bit of a reverb. He says, think, think of your heavenly bodies like God built buildings. So you've got this picture of earthly bodies as being like tents, drafty, temporary, um, leaving you vulnerable, leaving you, leaving you subject, you know, to the, to the elements, to the storm, you know, a storm that could come across and wipe you out. And it describes our heavenly bodies as God-built buildings, verse ones. And so I'm sort of thinking like Grand Designs, Australian edition, uh, like this couple with this huge budget and awesome architect making this built, you know, beautiful house. You can kind of imagine the picture like that. That's, that's kind of the picture that you get of God building this house. And Paul says uh, to the church at Corinth and to the church and to us, I guess, as well, human vulnerability, our aches of life happen because we know, we know deep down in our core, that's the language he uses at the start of verse one. He says, we know, we know that, we know that it, we know that even even in our imperfect bodies, we know that perfect exists out there. We know that it's out there. And because we know that it's out there, verse 2 says, we end up groaning, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. This is our reality. This is the reason that we ache, because, because we have a sense of, I think everyone has a sense. We as Christians know in our hearts that perfect exists. If you, if you, so if you're kind of watching in and you're kind of on the fence on this one and you're kind of weighing it up, and faith is something that you're thinking about and you're thinking, well, maybe, you know, or or heaven's a notion for you. Um, there's an American preacher called Tim Keller. He says this. This is. Um, this is an argument for how heaven influences life on earth. He says, innate desires, this is a, a direct quote from one of his books, innate desires have to correspond with real objects that can satisfy them. 
innate desires have to correspond with real objects that can satisfy them. He says the way that we feel existing here on earth, like longing, like frustrated by the fact that our bodies fall to bits, frustrated by the fact that we slip into error, frustrated by the fact that the human race can't really progress without falling out. He says this, this longing that exists within us can only can only point to the fact that something perfect is out there, can only point to heaven. And he, he uses this illustration. He says, he, so he references it as we might think about hunger. He says, you hunger for a steak dinner. And it doesn't mean necessarily that you're going to get a steak dinner. You kind of might want one, but it does mean, it does mean that hunger does mean that that meal, that sense of food, exists. This is the first way that heaven impacts us. It's not something uh, that we've made up. It's not, it's not something that we've made up to get by. It Rather, it impacts us as a reality that is out there that shapes our lives. And it means that our earthly existence, verse 1 and 2, or verse 1, 2 and 3 and 4 actually, will ache. We'll feel the sharpness of life as we're feeling it now, we'll feel the very humanness of our bodies. And in feeling the very humanness of our bodies, we shouldn't just think that that's where it ends, but the humanness that we feel, the inadequacy that we feel, the longing for more that we hope for, points to heaven as a reality, and it sharpens us. Second thing that it does, faith in heaven changes how we see death. Faith in heaven changes how we see death. Faith in heaven changes how we see the end of things. Verse 4, read it with me. For while we are in this tent, that is our body, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. So what Paul does here is he leads us down a really familiar route of human thinking, that that everything is wrapped up by death, that death holds all the cards, as it were. So he takes us, it's really clever, he takes us down this progressive line of thinking. So if we start with our bodies as tents, we move on, to thinking of ourselves as mortals. He uses that word mortals, which speaks of us as like beings that can just expect an end. And then he uses this turn of phrase that we are swallowed up. We are being swallowed up. It's that idea that our bodies disappear into the ground. You know, I don't know if you've had the uh, difficult task of lowering a casket into the ground. That way, that you just lower it on the ropes into the ground and it disappears into the ground. The body goes away into the ground and in time it decomposes. And in time, I guess, as the thought flows out, the memories are gone and the person is forgotten. Death, this idea that death swallows the whole thing up. Death is the great authority. And he takes that that line of human thinking that sort of pervades our society and he flips it right at the end. Do you see that at the end of verse 4? Just as you're expecting mortal lives are swallowed up by death, he flips it and he said, our mortal lives are swallowed up by 
life. Death is swallowed up by life. And he uses this Greek word that's spelled Z-O-E. Looks like Zoe to me. I'm 100% certain that's not how you pronounce it. This word doesn't just mean... It doesn't just mean life as in like a pulse. The word means life in its fullest sense. It means life in its most experiential sense. It means life at its most beautiful. He says, he says, when you're thinking about life and you hold this, this view perfades that the whole thing gets swallowed up and eventually we're forgotten and we disappear. He says, because of the cross, ultimately, because of what Jesus did on that cross, because because he didn't hold him, because he got up and walked away, because he blew people's minds as he walked away, because of that, death is swallowed up by life. So, he says, for the Christian, for the person of faith, don't view your life through that lens. Don't view it like that. Don't view it where everything has to head to the big disappearing or the big overwhelming power that is death. He says, don't look at it like that. He said, instead, at that point, at that point, life is possible. Like fresh shoots, fresh green shoots, beautiful new things, growth, development, more, 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 more. That's what he's saying. Life is possible there. So don't think of the life that you're on as going to disappear. Don't think that it gets swallowed up. Don't think of it like that. Think of it as something that is ongoing, that can be more fulfilling, where great things lie beyond. And it changes the whole view, I think, of our lives. And not in a, as we said at the start, don't think of it like, phew, don't think of it like, oh man, I've got heaven. It sounds amazing. I've got this new life that it's possible. Let me just go into some tranquil Haze for the rest of my days. Let me just drift off into some Christian sleep. Let me put my open toe sandals on and walk around. It says, Paul's going to tell us that the, the, the reality of heaven, rather than send us into the deep sleep, means that we should be more focused. It means that our lives can be more meaningful, richer. So there's two things I just want to say on that note. First one, living in light of heaven connects us to our purpose living in light of heaven connects us to our big purpose our human purpose and and that isn't it the idea of purpose it's the big human quest isn't it the the big thing that's been on human you know the the cleverest dudes whoever they are that exist from generation to generation they spend their days locking themselves in a room and and thinking out the meaning of life and there's a reason for it, because when we gain meaning, when we get purpose, we're happier, aren't we? We're happier, more, di- you know, more dynamic, more creative, more alive as people. And without purpose, I think one of the things that we're finding on lockdown, you know, as we've, some of us have got a bit more time to think, and others, others of us just reflecting on life generally, we're finding that without purpose, life can be a real struggle look at what paul says in verse 5 read it with me if you get a chance you can see it on the screen now the one now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is god who has given us the spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come 
See what he says there, Paul? Paul says to us, as human beings who search around like, like crazy for purpose, who make it our, our life goal, who spend every waking minute searching for purpose that we might be happy. Paul says to us, you were, notice his choice of words, you were fastened, fashioned and purposed, verse 5, to dwell with your creator. See what he's saying? Everything about everything about your human experience, everything about your life is heading to you having relationship with your creator. It's all heading. It's all heading that way. I don't know if you've ever thought about it like that. I don't know if you maybe need to hear that, given that we live in worlds where like, there's so much to think about, there's so much to occupy our minds. We're so desperate to find the right way to live. And Paul here, I think, can, Paul here connects us with our ultimate purpose. It's almost like he says, I know what you've got going on. I know, I know where your minds go. I know how preoccupied you get with stuff. But see all that's really going on. Like underneath it all, this is what he's saying, all that's really going on is you're spending lives on earth journeying towards figuring out how to meet your creator. That's it. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes I need a simplifier in life. Sometimes I need it broken down a little bit. I need a like a 50-50, do you know what I mean? I need, I need some of the drama taken away. And I think Paul does that to Corinth in this text. He says, the main thing, your purpose. And when you find your purpose, you find your happiness. When you find your purpose, you find your meaning. When you find your purpose, you have a richer sense of life. He says, he says that ultimately is only going on in one place. That's about meeting God. That's about preparing to meet him. The last thing, living in light of heaven means a richer, fuller experience of life. Living in light of heaven means a richer, fuller experience of life. So read with me verse 7 through to 9. For we live by faith. Rather, sorry, no, read from verse 6. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Uh, for we live by faith, not by sight. Uh, we are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him. I think that a famous verse in this passage, Paul says that we live by faith and not by sight. What is that faith? I think that I think there's been a bit of confusion about what that word exactly means. I think we as Christians have caused some of it. We've we've used it to mean all sorts over the years. Faith. We've used it to legitimize and endorse all sorts of our human behavior, you know. 
Um, I want to buy the biggest house. I want to buy this super big mansion. And somebody queries it and you go, I just, I've got faith. I've got faith that I can do that. Um, as a nation, we want to go and conquer another nation, looking back historically. And you go, is that really right? And the comeback is, yeah, we've got, just as long as you've got enough faith. What is faith? I think Paul, in this passage, gives us a really good sense of what having faith is which we need to sort of tie us down. This is what faith is. I think he's saying here, faith is being in these vulnerable bodies, uh, these bodies that feel really human, that feel really susceptible. It's being in those bodies and yet living in light of what's to come. Being in this human body. So I think he gives us a really good place to go with our thinking on faith. It's a real help, I think as we make our way through this world and we use this term all the time to mean all sorts of different things i think paul gives us a really good place to go he says here's what faith is faith is being in these vulnerable bodies and yet living in light of what yet what is yet to come what god is going to do in the future so god's going to make make our bodies heavenly bodies his his ways are going to be the ways that end up when all is done being the way that the world operates his justice his peace the bible says he's going to make everything new living living by faith i think if we could understand it like that that'd be really helpful for us living by faith is living knowing what god in these human fragile bodies in these pandemic vulnerable bodies, in these aging bodies, in these bodies that mess things up, living by faith is living in light of what God is gonna do into the future. Holding on to all those values as primary values. So the question you asked, my point was, living in light of heaven makes life richer for us. How does it make things any richer for us? Can you imagine in the commercial world knowing what the next big thing was going to be can you imagine that can you imagine knowing what the next like the next mobile phone thing was going to be or imagine <coughs> excuse me imagine being able to go back 35 or 40 years and show the world of commerce show entrepreneurs a mobile phone and explain to them how this was going to be the future. So, and you know, stick it out there in front of them, and you know, show them the capabilities of this phone. Show, show them the fact that the whole world is going to either want one or probably near enough have one, and and you know, in these times, you know, survive by them. Business will happen because of them. Everything that you want to know, you'll find because of it. Can you imagine? In the late, I don't know, late 70s, 80s, when, before mobile phones came out. Can you imagine having, you know, laying your eyes on this kind of a concept? You would devote all of your time and resources. You drop whatever project that was going on, whatever thing you were making, whatever business plan you had, you'd drop it through the floor and you'd look at this technology. You'd go, well, the world is going to head this way. And it wouldn't matter how much opposition you faced. It wouldn't matter if it demanded all of your time. You'd look at it and you go, well, this is just, this is where the world's heading. 
and whatever whatever the outcome of that thinking was whatever the actions that you took they'd, they'd all be worthwhile because that would be where the world was heading now here for us in the created world in the world that god wraps up in the in the world that god holds the future of within his hands every every endeavor born of his spirit every every work that we do every idea that we have every notion every effort born from his spirit everything is worthwhile because it all heads it all heads to God's glorious promises whether it's whether it's keeping the peace whether it's being humble whether it's being kind whether it's this charitable work that you've been moved by God's spirit to do what and whatever whatever it is it's worthwhile none of it none of it disappears none of it is swallowed up by this world and forgotten about this is his promise as our hearts and lives are moved and hold to his promises he keeps what we do and brings it to full fruition that's how to live a purposeful life that's how to live a meaningful life um, so we listen to what Jesus says and he says in Matthew 5 one of Jesus's big talks he says blessed are the humble and we go really I don't really feel that feels actually like when I'm humble I just get ignored I get overlooked for promotions Jesus says blessed are the humble for they will inherit the earth he says you're blessed because the whole world's going to head that way he says blessed are those who hunger for righteousness and we sort of go now nah, i'm not really feeling that see when i try and be good <clears throat> if i try and be overly good it just winds people up or i just end up looking like a hypocrite or this or that now nah, i don't feel the blessing of that Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger for righteousness, for they will be filled. Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. And we look at it and we go, nah, no way. Being a peacemaker, you've got to be on somebody's side. If you try and keep the peace on social media, if you try and keep the peace in the workplace, you just end up isolated. You just end up as the softy. You've got to be on somebody's side. Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Do you see what Jesus is saying? Do you see how we're blessed? Because we walk down paths that are heading towards heaven's eternal glory, where it's all going to end. We live blessed. We live rich, meaningful, purposeful, focused lives, living in light of God's kingdom come Paul says in verse 9 it's all heading that way 
and we know it. Let's live it out. I'm going to finish and I'm going to invite you, if you wouldn't mind, uh, to read through or pray through the Lord's Prayer with me. This is a prayer template that Jesus gave his disciples that gets us to think about living in light of the future. So um, the words will pop up on the screen. I'm going to pray it out as a bit of a liturgy. If you want to pray along with me at, at home, that'd be good. So pray with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Uh, for the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Welcome back, everyone. It's nice to be joined by Ash and by Paul. Welcome, guys. Hi, uh, Ash, thanks. Thanks very much for sharing those uh, verses with us. I, I was reading along in my Bible, and I, I don't often do this, but I had a, a little star beside those verses, read in a tent, Pentuan 2019. So, <laughs> and I, I remember reading those verses, actually, You when you are physically in a tent, you really understand the temporary nature of what's going on um, at the moment, and that, oh, yes, the fact that we have an eternal home waiting for us that this yeah. is a temporary place it, it kind of it brings it all to life that that notion was the um, i think more than anything i've read so far in in second corinthians was the one the verses that resonated with me just this idea of our bodies feeling like a tent feeling like the storm could you know every you know we've we've camped before and you feel like the storm comes and then you feel like one one the next storm could take you you know you feel vulnerable to the elements like that and i think that's a great way to think about it's not it's not where we want to think about our lives but this is the reality of our lives it's often like that where we the storm comes along and you get through the other side of it and you think man if it's that rough again you know you feel you feel the vulnerability of life and i loved i love in paul's in paul's letter that even in that you know not even in that because of that because of that sense of our bodies failing it only points to the fact that there is a heaven you know there is a heavenly body that really resonated with me Mm -hmm. I'm thankful for it this week. I think I it's uh, I think it's really powerful as well because Paul was a tent maker, so <laughs> that was his trade. So he's kind of he's kind of writing straight out of personal experience, and mm -hmm. and probably at the same time there's a little bit of a a looking back at the the history of Israel, where they were where they were lived in tents. Mm -hmm. They were wilderness years, and he's he's kind of saying you know. Think of life in a way as a little bit like a temporary wilderness year, um, because there's something solid uh, and permanent coming through. So yeah, fantastic, tremendous thought that. Yeah, thanks for that. I, I definitely think so. It's interesting because whilst I'm having this thought in my tent about the temporary nature, my kids are in the same tent. They have no, uh, no clue about the temporary nature. They're just like, we're on an awesome adventure. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and I wonder if that speaks about how as we grow and get older in faith and in Christian years, does that change? Has that changed for you guys, how, how you viewed heaven and, um, and what your thoughts of heaven have been 
Oh, oh, absolutely, without a doubt. I, I, I really, really didn't like the idea of having one who was younger. Me neither. <laughs> it sounded utterly boring. Um, it was probably shaped a little bit by the ideas that we were going to be clothed in bathrobes and sitting on clouds playing harps. Um, and I think for me recently, that solidity, that that peace, that rest, that rejuvenation of what is falling apart in this life, it just I think I think I yearn for heaven more. Uh, as time goes on, without a doubt, without yeah, a doubt. Me too. I don't. I it used to f feel like a really alien. I don't know whether I just that was mixed up with how much sci-fi I was watching when I was a kid. Hmm. But this, I used to read you know, that the sense of heaven would be that you get carted off to this alien land, you know. And I don't. I guess I don't. That's not my first thought at all anymore when I think about about no. heaven. I, I I do I do yearn I do yearn for it and I do see it I see it much less in terms of its it being a place although I'm sure that it is a place you know I see it much less as being taken somewhere and much more as being um, somewhere that God's character and His rule and reign and His perfect ways um, you know are lived out and that's and and the more I think about it the more you know the the more we ache for that the more I see how the world could look you know if it had a bit more of that in it would be amazing so yeah i yeah. really i've grown to be less scared of it and more you know aching mm -hmm. aching for it i thought that um i mean tim keller's featured again this week hasn't he <laughs> did last he's, week he's pretty good isn't he he's not bad <laughs> with with the way he describes things um but i think that phrase that you pulled up was just brilliant the idea that that everything that we feel dissatisfied with, everything that we feel isn't quite right, is because of our, our innate knowledge deep down that we are made for something that is right. Mm. And it's that reconciliation, that kind of things will be resolved. It will be what it ought to be, mm -hmm. um, which, which that's tremendously... Um, relaxing isn't it for our present experience um the fact that you know you don't have to get it all right you don't have to get it you don't have to live a life that is this perfect life that we can get to the end of life and say yeah we've done everything that we wanted to do we've been successful we've achieved most of us won't most of us won't get there and feel that but that's fine that's fine because it'll be satisfied I think I um, that there's there's a book. Um, oh dear me, trying to remember who wrote it. Leaf by Niggle. Oh, it's um, Tolkien. Lewis. Tolkien. Tolkien. Brilliant book. Brilliant book on that idea of what isn't fulfilled in this life is fulfilled in eternity for those who have faith in Jesus. It's just fantastic. Matt Boyd did a good sermon on that. Yeah, I remember it well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shout out to the void. Yeah, that 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 um, that that was another real encouragement about you know the ideas that, as you say, Paul, we don't we don't get things perfect, and we kind of look for that. And yet, at the same time, our endeavours, I think, don't as I as I understand the Bible, done done in faith, mm. God works them out. 
you know, for good. I don't I don't think they're left hanging. I really don't. I think that um when when the spirit when when we are responding, living by faith, trying to live in 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 light of what we know about God, even when it's just little things like our acts of forgiveness that we feel like just disappear into thin air. Do you know what I mean? They just feel like they don't they don't carry. Okay. Mm. They don't count. I think that God somehow part of the mystery of of heaven god holds those things and fulfills them you know beautifully because it at the end of time forgiveness the whole world will look at it and go yeah forgiveness is the way to go it was mm. it, that's how we should have gone and our little acts of forgiveness on this earth mm. be like become redeemed because of what mm. god you know what mm. god will do so it's worth mm. you know really worthwhile yeah. these little endeavors yeah 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 I, I was reading something this week um a favourite author of mine, Rachel Hill Evans, she was talking about uh, heaven. I don't agree with everything that she's saying about it, but uh, yes, that idea of when I was younger that heaven was a destination I wanted to get to, not be left out from, do you know, that those kind of things motivated me mm-hmm. in my faith when I was younger. And as I've got older, that idea that actually we see glimpses of heaven in the here and now, Although mm. it is a future destination, mm. we also see glimpses of the heaven of heaven mm. now. Almost like heaven is this eternal dimension that God is in. And since Jesus has come, we've seen shafts of light from that just kind of breaking through. Yeah. Um and one day that light it will be like too strong to contain it and it'll be made new with the with heaven and earth. Yeah, almost yeah. like do you know Yeah, yeah perfected in the way that they yeah. were always meant to be separated just now shafts mm. of light kind of coming through from it i don't know if this mm. is kind of how she described it in the book but that was quite helpful for me that idea that that we we see it coming it's to be anticipated but we still taste it little bits of it just now yeah yeah know? yeah i like, think um i think it the instagram thing is probably what our biggest visual aid of the hope of heaven I mean, the the number of sort of expressions of wanting to live the great life, wanting to experience the great experience, wanting to have perfect relationships. Uh, And we all know that it's, yeah, the the, the no fill hashtag, no filter brigade. And and we all know that it's not true. But there's a deep yearning. We We want it. We desperately want it. We do. Uh, Because we're made to want it were made for that to be our experience mm-hmm. uh, and and to actually know that instagram is going to be a a poor weak pathetic pointer of what it actually will be amazing yeah that's good guys we don't have lots of time left and, and i don't want to keep people uh, uh, longer than we promised to i wonder one sentence as as we close today clearly for paul the apostle um heaven gave him such confidence in his christian faith um can you give us in one sentence uh, something that gives you confidence in your in your christian faith today ash do you want to go first yeah okay um i think seeing a world that can't figure it out um so not kind of half okay. wanted it to be something awesome something awesome that i was doing but it's not it's looking at the world and still seeing the fact that god's answers are the best answers for the world and that just gets yeah 
the more I look at it, the cl- sorry, this is not one sentence, is it? That gets clearer and clearer. Nope. So I think that gives me <laughs> that gives me the most confidence that God's ways are the, are the right ways. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, um, Paul? What's your sentence? I, I think it's we don't have to get it right because Jesus has got it right. I, I think for me, the that idea of being in Christ means that all of his success becomes my success. His resurrection becomes my resurrection. His eternal home becomes my eternal home. And and that's for a pathetic, weak, failing human being who doesn't get it right. That's that's a beautiful thing. Yes. Um that the verse that we read today, the the flipping on it I think mm. it picks up some of the ideas from both of you the flipping on its head when we get to death and we yeah. want to be consumed by the awfulness of death and our own feelings and shortcomings in this life mm. and we're flipped around and we are swallowed up to life yeah. glorious life with jesus mm. dwelling with him like mm. what a incredible turnaround point that is isn't yeah. it that is yeah. such a sweet thing such a sweet I- thing Absolutely. And it's a, it's an idea that Paul's coming back to for the Corinthian church. I was just flicking back to 1 Corinthians 15, 54, where he says, when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. It's exactly the same idea, isn't it? Mm-hmm. He's saying death will be flipped from we we sit this side of death and it is mournful it is horrific mm-hmm. it is awful but the hope is that it is swallowed up in victory mm. yes the hope by faith yeah good thank you very much for your chat guys it really helps to just oh we hope it helps just to um, unpack some of the things that the concepts and and big mm. ideas that we're talking about in our talk and encourages you to have your own conversations in your home. Mm. Uh, what does heaven look like? How has heaven changed for you um, the years that you've been a Christian? What mm. things really give you confidence in in your Christian life? Have these conversations uh, over a cuppa or a glass of wine tonight um, and we pray that God will bless you as you do that. Mm. Paul, would mm. you like just to close in prayer for us? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Father, in the in the middle of everything that the world is going through, in fear, in death, in discomfort, in uncertainty, we look to Jesus and we thank you that his death and resurrection, his hope that he speaks to us through can be ours when we trust in him. We thank you for that great promise that uh, death has no sting because it is swallowed up in victory. We pray that for, for everyone who is listening, for everybody who's watching, we pray that that hope might be ours, that we can look to something outside of any human intervention and we can look to the divine intervention of Jesus Christ who took on human form and gave himself to death so that he might be victorious. Thank you for our time together. 
bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Hope Thanks, to see guys. you next week. Bye. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.